Take a seat in your coziest chair, pour yourself a mug of ginger lemon tea, and once you are ready, let's go on a voyage. shouts, interrupting your story. So you met at the prison at the end of the world where you were all incarcerated. You are under assault from the new warden, that is, the warden's daughter, with the power to control the bones inside your very skin. She shudders at the thought of it. And so you found each other, outcasts, and decided to join up with a gang. Mondo Stones' gang. She takes a breath here. I had heard stories that your crew had had a run-in with him. He is a dangerous earth elemental. There's a reason he was made into a glorified ottoman. The stories I've heard... She stares for a second out over the cold sea. This is often where the other chefs who have applied for the position of chef on your ship have left. But there's something different in Bunz's eyes. Underneath the fear and the trepidation, there is a sparkle of something like excitement. But let's skip ahead. You had just picked up the warden's daughter's spare bag, the double that you were swapping. This was your initiation task to join the Artsy Boys, as far as I can tell. So I assume you went next to change it out? She looks expectantly over at the five of you, but it is your ship that nods. He twists his whiskers around his fingers and says, Yuff! I heard about this story. The five of them had stuck up to the bed and breakfast at the end of the world. Gramp, that is the warden's daughter's bone elemental, initiated that the two of them eat at the five-star omelet bar every morning, so Thee couldn't take her food in the warden's office like her father. Buns nods at this, clearly excited. So, you were all in the bed and breakfast, your carefully orchestrated heist in action, and then, what happened next? I am Ben Schiffler, and I am your dungeon master. I hope that's so, a voice you're all right with sticking with for a while. We'll it took a lot of it goes. willpower out of all of us to not laugh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. As soon so. as the lisp started, <laughs> all of us, all of our faces just go. Uh. Anyway, so yeah, you guys are all currently mid heist the next day after stealing the warden's bag. Um, and you are uh, uh, all completing different parts of this carefully planned and orchestrated heist to swap out your fake bag, or at least her her spare bag with her real one, while she's eating at the omelet bar with Gramps. Uh, The average difficulty class for whatever thing you're going to do uh, is going to be 12. Does this mean that somebody should physically be swapping out the bags in their intro? It would probably make sense for the fifth person to do that. Uh, Otherwise, if not, we could just have that be the scene that is final. Uh, I yeah, think that should be Nick. Yeah, can I be the fifth yeah, person? I have a yeah. to, to slide. You probably have the rogue do that. <laughs> Lord, 
All right, um, so that'll I can be our... start. Okay, go um, for it. If no go one ahead. has any objections, go yeah. for it. All right. So, um, as this is uh, breakfast time, I imagine that there is a large quantity of bacon. Absolutely, and, of course there uh, is. This... You would know that from working in the kitchens, of course. And of course, you don't want like the big platter of bacon to be just full of grease. So all that grease must have been put somewhere. Where the so, frick is this going? <laughs> there, so I like it what stands reason. There's just it. this like container full of grease, mm-hmm. which I can throw a firebolt at and just create one heck of a distraction by just essentially creating a small explosion in the cooking area. Absolutely. So yeah, behind the the omelet bar where you're stationed this morning, as per the requests of, uh, what was his name? The head chef. Bar- uh, Barnaby bashed a bunch. I don't, that's Bristol bashed a bunch. Yeah, Barnaby's Bristol. his brother. So yeah, yeah <laughs> Barnaby's his cousin. He shows up in story number five. Uh, B- Bristol uh, stationed you up behind the omelet bar, and you can absolutely attempt to firebolt your grease pan. All right, it's not that close to me, right? Like I'm not standing next to it. We will find out. Okay, great. Um. Well, I'm going to make a spell attack roll for this with the firebolts, and that's a 24. Um, and I am Avalen Veristinia, voiced by Connor Benyon. Amazing. As you firebolt your grease pan, uh, it explodes in a plume of smoke and uh, bacon scent, uh, and uh, it sends people scattering. It's certainly exactly the distraction needed for the second part of this plan. Hooray! I'll go next. Okay, so uh, I've managed to get my hands on some of the server's uh, uniforms, and I have donned that, although it doesn't fit me perfectly, for I am a large man. But nevertheless, I have taken up the role of waiter. Um, But I'm not much of an actor. My uh, southern, southwestern uh, island drawl seems to... uh, off-put people, but nevertheless, I've got a tray of uh, breakfast dishes, and I'm at the main table where uh, the warden's daughter and her posse is eaten. And uh, I'm looking at the menu that I've written down on my hand, and I'm seeing that I got, all right, so uh, who ordered the, the huevos rancheros, and uh, what we got, uh, we got a hot, <laughs> one hot latte with the decaf, and uh, the the soy, uh, oh, no. which which one of y'all was that? And uh, I place it down on the table, and I just kind of look expectantly at them, trying to mm-hmm. fit in, but also trying to really draw their attention towards this this old Yahoo here. Great, yeah, deception check, maybe. I was thinking maybe so, performance, but performance, I could do sure, either. I could see a performance. <laughs> Latte. Well, uh. Five. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, I'm Virgil Badwater, and I'm played by Jake. Amazing. So yeah, you certainly, uh, in your two small waiters outfit with your plate of huevos rancheros and soy latte, uh, you go up and, and uh, to the table, uh, set down the... Uh, 
the breakfast. And you can see that at the table, it is uh, the warden's daughter is sitting there with, uh, to her left, is the skeleton of the orc that she de-skeletoned uh, a couple days ago, as well as Gramps, um, her grandfather, also a skeleton, uh, who's over uh, sitting to the left and kind of looking at you funny like he recognizes you. And uh, and he kind of turns over towards you with a rattling jaw uh, and moves to to make some kind of speaking sound uh, like, hey, don't I know you from somewhere? And uh, as he does, you can see the warden's daughter grips tighter onto uh, her belongings uh, and scoops the huevos rancheros and the soy latte over towards her, since she clearly is the only one eating anything, being the only living person at the table. But it seems like she's a little suspicious. I am. Um, I'm looking at a watch that I don't have, and uh, say, uh, <laughs> "Looks like right. uh, I'm on break." <laughs> <laughs> and I get the heck out of there. All right, nice. I can go next. Go for it. So uh, I'm in a. I'm in the band, the live band that plays during the breakfast, because you know this, it's that type of establishment. <laughs> um, earlier, um, Avalon and I had a. a totally jumped this one guy with a fiddle and we hogtied him in the back of the kitchens and now I am like wearing his uh wearing it like a really yes. sleek tux and stuff and I'm up on the stage playing a fiddle uh I can play the fiddle however I do not know how to sight read sheet music and so I'm just kind of like Uh-oh. I'm kind of like improvising and going along with it and also like keeping an eye on Virgil and I'm like trying really hard not to roll my eyes at this whole like such situation and trying to not get my my cover blown what I do I do a performance check I guess uh yeah absolutely you make a performance check 13 13 that's a success hey! cool. uh, very nice managed to keep it together not pop a blood vessel uh my name is Roan Ridley and I'm played by Shing very nice, Rowan. Yeah, so you are uh, playing on your fiddle, uh, and you can see that the Virgil Plan A get close to uh, the Warden's Daughter is not uh, going correctly. So uh, as you play your fiddle, you're, ev- you're able to improvise the few notes that signals to your companions that Plan B has to be put into action. Yep, that's it. Can I ask nice. kind of a, a weird question? Yeah. Um, Please do. Is the fire still going? How are people reacting to this as they eat breakfast? <laughs> Absolutely. The fire is definitely still going. And I think that uh, the staff has been trying to contain it, probably. Um, but it has begun to be noticed. And now the warden's daughter is kind of uh, turning back over towards the fire as if she smells smoke. and uh, Bacon, uh, right? Yeah. It smells the bacon grease smoke. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's it's beginning. There's probably a panic that is starting to brew. The primary function of the grease fire was to make it so that when we make the swap, no one else is looking at the warden's daughter. Oh, sure. Oh. <laughs> Virgil, please. Wait, what? <laughs> you were supposed to make the swap. You just did a really oh. poor job of it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love that. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, all right. So now it's my job to get the warden's daughter in position for this swap happening. I have a cantrip called Gust. Ooh, Nice. So I think, it. all right, the fire is going. Everyone's looking at the fire. I'm I'm just going to do like a walk by of the table. I'm mm-hmm. in a busboy outfit. Amazing. And as I, I walk by the, the t- as I walk by the table and however, when everyone's not looking, I want to just like with a flick of my hand cast gust on the table, which will push the warden's daughter's glass of water onto her uh, because it can air blast a less than five pound object. 
So I'm going to splash her glass onto her so that she, like, freaks out that there's something onto her. Uh, and before I step in to help, that's the moment Flaxen will strike. What check would you like me to make for that? Ooh, you could make it a, a spellcasting attack roll or something. Okay. Six. Oh, jeez. Amazing. All right. Uh, and I'm, I'm Ishmael Overcast, and I'm played by Emma slash Scotty. And things are Amazing. Tense. So, yeah, you, you can absolutely uh, blow the... Uh, uh, you, as you walk by and surreptitiously cast the gust to flick over the uh, glass of water, um, the gust is a little hard, uh, and the glass of water goes uh, like uh, not over onto the table, but onto her, and the glass shatters over her. And she kind of gives you a look and immediately recognizes your face as like uh, a member of the <laughs> prison and looks up yeah. at you and is like, "Wait, what?" I immediately What's going abort on mission. Here? She stands up. <laughs> I, I turn on my heel. You touch, touch your, touch your earpiece. Like, get me out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Quit okay. talking into your wrist. All right. At the moment when the warden's daughter looks most distracted, I'm going to lean in and try to make the swap. She I is too, certainly distracted now. As everybody uh, else, am yes. dressed like staff. Great. What kind of staff? Um, also, I think we have a like chef, a, a busboy, a waiter, a performer. Oh, yeah, I am just like a janitory staff. Oh, I'm like, great. Yeah, I'm kind of like part busboy. You could be the host, the host who sits. Oh, no, I know what I'm doing. The whole time this has been going down, there's been a wet floor sign out and I've just been mopping behind. Oh, right great. behind the warden's daughter. Nice. Yeah, for sure. And I go to make the swap. Here we go. With a 27. Yeah! <laughs> Boy, howdy. Uh, Hell yeah. And, uh, and uh, absolutely, that's amazing. <laughs> Sweet. Yep. I reach down, deftly swap out the bags, and hightail it out of there. And my name is Flax and Roan. I'm played by Nick. Yeah, uh, and with that, the uh, the six of you are able to uh, deftly slip out of the uh, uh, establishment as the grease fire reaches its height, uh, and five of you, five of you are able to deftly slip out of there. Uh, there's six of us in the call. There's an ant. Don't yeah. All that. five oh, of yeah. you and God. <laughs> <laughs> All five of you and the cameraman who watches your every move in this adventure of ours. Obviously, you uh, were just referring to the ant elemental. That I mean, is fire elemental. Oh, fire is an ant. ant. An ant elemental would be a different thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a creature made of lots of. Uh, it's a fire elemental. Ooh, hey, uh, better than an uncle mental. Uh, what? It's like a. It's like an ant elemental. Uh, and you all hightail it out of there. <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, leaving the grease fire behind. Everyone begins to like uh, panic and rush around, and uh, the warden's daughter is immediately distracted from uh, the glass of water going up by uh, as she's called over to run help put out the grease fire. Uh, and uh, the five of you escape uh, with uh, relative ease, though you did have to go through your first plan. So we cut now to later in that day when you are uh, all sitting in Mondo Stones's cell um, during your lunchtime break uh, while you are waiting for him to return. Uh, and uh, uh, you have a second to the to yourselves as the five of you are sitting there uh, waiting for uh, Mondo to come back with the fire lion and uh, tides, the water elemental. Guys, I have a question. 
What's up? Uh-huh. How the heck does Mondo move? Like, he's a table, but he's not his, here. Do they carry table legs him around? Are, yeah, no, they're got, a he's a quadruped. Company. He pays a moving company. Yeah. Or like, Bunch of dolls. Like, like do, they dog. put, do they put like wheels under his legs? It doesn't make sense. I thought the whole point of him being a table was that he wouldn't be able to move around. All right. We have a moment to ourselves. Why don't we see what's in this bag? Let her rip. I'm down to see what's in this bag. Let's go through this teenage girl stuff. It could be dangerous. Yeah, that's true. You mean like, like, how so? Ripping the bones out of someone, I thought was a potential Uh, thing. I mean, she's not here. I gotta know. Let's open that thing up. Wait, 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 Ishmael, you mind uh, checking it for traps? I wouldn't put a pastor. Oh, gosh. I don't know if I'm the, like, for magic traps? Yeah, for magic shit, man. Yeah, I check it for magic traps. Three. <laughs> Three. Uh, the thing uh, definitely has Jeez. magic traps. Oh, uh, yeah. I, this is a bad idea. All right. There's magic traps in this. Well, then let's just bring oh, it to the artsy crap. boys, I guess. Yeah, let's make them open it up. Nice. Yeah, I like the All way right. you think. Perhaps if we're trying to stay on their good side, we should mention the traps before they open it up. I guess, you know. Everyone make me perception checks. I still have the carrot bonus. 21 for Ishmael. 21 for Flaxen. 18 for Rowan. Uh, 13 for Avalon. 7. Uh, all right, that's a group success. Uh, you guys, uh, your as your conversation quiets down after the uh, you keep the bag closed, you hear uh, the sounds of four heavy paws running down the hall outside as if in a panic. Cute. Aw. What the heck is that? I run to the door and look. Absolutely. Yeah, you run over to the door uh, and you can swing open the uh, the prison door. I think there's only like, like this one doesn't have open bars in front because it's like Mondo's room. So he has a little bit of pull with the warden's like sure. lackeys. So there's this is kind of like his office as well as his uh, cell. And you can swing open the door and look out and you can see there is a pretty small looking fire lion um, that's pretty uh, like Simba start of Lion King sized uh, that is charging down the hallway uh, looking like he, uh, he's in a panic. I want to lift it up over my head, like my hands under its armpits. Uh huh. And raise it into <laughs> <Yes>. the sky. <laughs> uh huh. You hear some songs in the background, some chanting, all of the uh, the animals. Uh, it, what you do hear is the the fire lion, who you uh, certainly, with your perception check and your carrot empowered eyes, can see is in fact Sunny, the fire lion who you've been interacting with, but appears to have been doused uh, and is significantly less powerful at the moment, would need to recharge in a fire. Uh, Sunny kind of stares you in the eyes after you pick him up, uh, and he roars and goes, So with my roll of seven... (laughs) The warden's daughter is on to us! Oh, Oh, shit. shit. Well, the plan went off without a hitch. (laughs) <laughs> the plane did go off without Almost. a hitch. She's not on to us, us. She's just on to us, the prisoners. The proverbial uh, she's pretty us. pissed off. The, oh. uh, what happened to you? Uh, tides. Tides happened to me. I thought tides liked you. 
Tides did like me, or does even still, but I don't think Tides is going to like me much at the moment. Tides got stuck in the void cells, and the prison, the warden, is saying that the void cells, wait, you don't get to come out of them for watercolor time anymore. You don't <gasps> get to come out of them for lunchtime anymore. You're no. stuck in there forever. That's what blasphemy. Did tides, do? tides was, well, Mondo asked Tides to keep an eye on you throughout this uh, uh, initiation. And so Tides was up in the uh, uh, in the band playing on the flugelhorn, uh, and uh, after the uh, the fire broke out, Tides went over to see what uh, he could do to help and not have it catch too many folks on fire. But apparently, it was a grease fire, uh, and water didn't do much to help. Uh, and the warden's daughter blamed Tides for all the. Uh, uh, activity. So she threw Tides in one of the void cells. I was only just able to get out of there. Um, got covered with half of Tides myself. But Mondo is very happy with you guys and wants to see you. I just don't think that uh, after Tides got captured, the Warden's Otter knows that Tides likes to hang out in this cell. So uh, Mondo wants to speak to you down in the, uh, in the, the watercolor room instead. Fair enough. Uh, do you need some help recharging? That would be great. <laughs> the the uh, the lion who normally, when larger, is pretty uh, pissy, uh, seems to be pretty charming and uh, likable when it's this small. Oh, um, I'm gonna pump a few firebolts into him um, to just sort of power up the fire part of him. Nice. Make me a spell attack roll. Oh, can it look like if you have a bellows do and you're pumping your do you bellows? Want me to make Ooh, Arcana yeah. Or like you're or blowing up an inflatable raft. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, spell attack is uh, 14. 14. Yeah, you you pew up your uh, lion and it grows two, three, five times in size uh, up until it's significantly too hard for you to carry Virgil. uh, And it kind of roars and thumps down onto the ground. And it says, all right, you lot, let's get out of here. No, thank you, of course. Um... All right, you'll have on. plenty of time to get thanked when you're dead or something. What? Uh, and the lion uh, runs down the hallway and beckons for you to follow him. To That's the what my room. paw always said. <laughs> well, <laughs> he didn't give us much choice, did he? All right, let's go. Yeah, we all follow. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, as you enter the watercolor room, it's on the. So, as I mentioned last time, the prison is divided into four floors. Um, the fourth floor is guard rooms and the warden's office. Uh, you're on the second floor, the men's prison. The first floor is the women's prison. Uh, and uh, as you've had a little bit more time to explore the prison, you've seen that the uh, third floor uh, is an opt-in floor. It seems like... Uh, uh, Miss Midgen's sixth grade class um, had some staunch advocates for uh, the non-binary representation inside their prison system. So they tried yeah. to look into modern representation in prisons and found that while challenging, one of the successful areas is opt-in prisons that individuals can put themselves in uh, and have uh, representation on that prison floor. So uh, so there's the uh, men's floor, the women's floor, and the, the others? Yeah, it, it is somewhat problematic because it still defines like a difference between people, but it allows for extra security and it's what certain prisons are using to affect in the modern world today. Uh, 
anyway, on the third floor of the prison is where the watercolor class is held. Um, the classrooms, uh, the classrooms of uh, uh, all the optional classes, including the badminton court, the gym, uh, the watercolor class, the wood carving nook, the library, um, etc., the pool, uh, are all on chess the third club. floor. A chess club, clearly, the uh-huh. record studio, um, the, the theater for catching up on the latest episodes of uh, Sailor Girls from the Cosmos. As you pass by the latest uh, the latest show of Sailor Girls from the Cosmos, you do see uh, in the watercolor room off to your right, it is crowded with, and the class is full, uh, which is rare, uh, but uh, uh, standing at the front, you can see the mid-sized lion, uh, Sunny, uh, looking at you and, uh, and kind of nudging you inward. We go in. In we go. As you walk in, the entire room bursts into applause, uh, and the uh, 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 Mondo, who sits at the head of the class uh, and behind it where the teacher sits, uh, breaks into a wide smile and says, well done, well done, capturing the uh, warden's daughter's bag. That was a fireworks show if I've ever seen it. Welcome, all five of you, or six, I should say, smiling towards your pocket, Virgil. to the artsy boys. I thought you were going to say smiling towards the camera. <laughs> smiling, smiling towards, towards God, God. himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't all go extremely smoothly. And it seems she's already noticed. We, we've we heard from uh, Sonny. Uh, Tide's uh, hey, one of our greatest uh, is now sitting penance in the void cell. The only time we're going to have a chance to meet anymore is in classroom times, since the warden's daughter says she's locking down all cells for good uh, outside of necessary recreational activities and meals. And of course, in the void cells, even those are no longer allowed. Well, uh, any who, who's got the bag? Place it up in the front of here. Yeah, I, I hold it out and walk up to the front and place it down. Uh, all right, all of the eyes are on you as you walk towards the front and set the uh, uh, the warden's daughter's bag, which uh, is all black and leathery and hot topicy, uh, on top of Mondo stones. So uh, I've got to ask, what's in the bag? That is what we are all here to see. Sunny, will you do the honors? Um, Careful. Sunny, it has magic traps. Uh, at this, the the room kind of looks over towards you, and and one of the the artsy boys existing says, "Hey, you do magic? Ah, oh, thank goodness! I thought I was the only one before." Oh God. I'm I'm pretty sure. I just I mean I don't know what they are, but really be careful opening that. All right, Sonny, hand it over. Uh, this uh, this wizard, uh, who looks pretty eccentric, pretty old, uh, and wears uh, all kinds of buttons and pins on his uh, blue uh, jumpsuit, uh, pulls the bag over towards him and uh, pulls out a, a, a scrap of chalk uh, and draws a handful of runes around the bag, mutters oh, nice. something, and then... <laughs> The bag catches on fire, though it doesn't seem like the bag itself even burns. Uh, but whatever spells and enchantments were on it seem to have gone. Uh, and after nodding, he hands the bag over towards Sonny, who carries it in his mouth up towards Mondo. Cool. Um, and then, uh, and then Mondo says, "All right, everyone, hush, hush. This is the day that we artsy boys have been waiting for. Well, 
I at least have been waiting for for the long 50 years that I've been stuck here in the prison at the end of the world. This is our ticket out. The old warden and everyone spits on the ground at the name of the at, at his uh, the mention of his name. I like awkwardly try to also spit after I notice everybody else is doing. I awkwardly dodge everyone's loogies hitting the floor. Oh yeah, it's it's kind of a challenge. Dex save yeah. maybe. Oh, right now, oh yeah. my god! I'm doing Thanks. that too. I don't want to be covered in spit. I'm wearing uh, rain boots. Twelve. Uh oh. Nine. Uh-oh. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you you duck and dodge out of the way of a, a big fat one from uh, a big uh, beefy guy whose fists look about as big as his head, uh, and it lands just on your feet, uh, Avalon. Uh, oh no! I, yeah. I, I I scrape it onto the floor and incinerate it immediately. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Uh, Mondo uh, uh, continues as if there was no interruption. The old warden would have uh, uh, never let us have our hands on something like that, uh, on a power that's within this bag, or so I hope. As I'm sure you've all seen, the warden's daughter is a powerful elementalist. And if I'm not mistaken, he turns over towards Sonny, and as Sonny uh, grabs the bag, he tips it over, and an ungodly number of things fall out, significantly more than you could fit in a bag of that size. Um, there's a long sword, uh, a couple of daggers, there's a ladder, there's an entire cauldron that seems to be covered in arcane markings, uh, and then there are uh, what appear to be like uh, little, like, cloth bags filled with various reagents. Uh, Three ones of pretty large size that spill out on the ground. And those of you who are familiar with Arcana might be able to make me an Arcana check to tell what they are. This kid. That's an 11 for Ishmael. Nine for Avalon. Avalyn, you can tell one of the bags is uh, filled with uh, uh, salamander scales, uh, a powerful uh. alchemical reagent used as a uh, fire reagent, a reagent of elemental fire. And uh, Ishmael, you can see that uh, one of the other bags uh, is full of what look like mermaid scales as well, um, which would be a powerful uh, water-based elemental reagent. Uh, and, uh, and at this, Amondo Stone says, if everyone could pull out your watercolor sketchbooks, please. Um, and everyone kind of fishes under their desk and some people have to kind of like mutter and borrow some, uh, paint from their nearby neighbors and they pull out their water cups. There's a whole section where people are going over and getting on aprons and things as to not mussy <laughs> up their, uh, their scrubs. But the, uh, uh after all this, this ruckus. The uh, Mondo Stones continues and says, as you all know, alchemy is our ticket out of here. It's what I've always said. Elementals and alchemy are intertwined. All magic in the world comes from an alchemical elemental source. There are three powerful kinds of elementals. Uh, the the three primary elementals. Uh, these are, of course, fire, water, and air. They are powerful because of their simplicity. It is when combined that these elementals become complex, intelligent, like myself and others. Uh, at this, you can see that Sunny kind of scoffs, uh, probably more keen on primary elementals than the secondary ones. Um, <laughs> but he says, as he says this, he draws up a pair of uh, like a triangle and then uh, lines connecting each of the sides of a triangle, uh, looking like a top-down D20. Uh, 
as we combine these elements, we get the three secondary elements, bone, sand, and stars. I, of course, am an elemental of sand, earth. We bring power and intensity, and it is with that power and intensity that I intend for us to leave. But these are not the only powerful kinds of magic, and I think that with a little bit of bone magic, we might be able to slip out of here. Can anyone tell me in this class? He mumbles uh, and, uh, and looks around saying, how does one make bone magic? How does one create a, uh, a piece of bone uh, elemental uh, alchemy? He looks over towards uh, the wizard in the buttons who is uh, looking up to the side and thinking. Uh, Ishmael wants to, I want to raise my hand shakily. Awesome. Uh, and I want to say, I saw the warden's daughter rip a skeleton from a man. Do you just need a body? Well, that's not wrong, says Mondo, <laughs> kind of laughing. I mean, it seemed kind of wrong. Uh, and uh, at this, a couple of the people kind of, the, the blood drains from their face as they hear you say this. Uh, either they had heard of it and tried to forget it, or they hadn't. Um, but Mondo Stone says, you're not wrong. One can use an element that already exists, for example, the bones inside one's body, uh, as an alchemical reagent. But alchemy, alchemical reagents can also be combined uh, when one combines uh, fire and air, for example, they create that most powerful elemental artifact that is star alchemy. Fire and air, two volatile elements, when combined, become the even more volatile element that is star magic. So one might create bones as well by combining those two forces Sorry. of life. <laughs> Uh, you can see around you, Virgil, in the back, there are several people that are real conked out as well. Um, one of them kind of slides over a, uh, a piece of paper next to you, uh, and uh, it has a little hangman game that's kind of drawn on it. Uh, there's four dashes for you to fill in. All right. I partake. All right, down a couple. Okay. Yeah. What, what letter do you pick first? All right, down at H. Uh, H is, the, is not in it. He draws a little <laughs> guy, a head with horns on it. <laughs> uh, okay, and uh, and then he continues. Uh, one might combine uh, fire and water. We create that most powerful of elements. That is me, uh, sand, stone, power immeasurable. Most alchemical uh, formula and magics disappear over time, but not those of Earth. Earth are steady and resilient. I have lived for 50 years and never once decayed, only separated when others separated me from the rest of my massive body. There's kind of cheers from the uh, the audience at his mention of his massive body. Uh, and uh, then, uh, uh, and of course, if we combine those final two elements, we would get bone. He uh, gestures to uh, Sonny, who uh, reaches around in the... Uh, bag and pulls out uh, a item of uh, water, those being the mermaid scales, uh, and he pulls out uh, a, a bag of what looks like hair um, and pulls out a few strands of it. Uh, and with his mouth, he tosses the mermaid scales and the hair of whatever creature that would uh, would be imbuing it and tosses them into the, the cauldron, uh, which fell out of the bag as well. What does fire and air make? Fire and air make stars. You can think of that because stars are up in the sky and they're balls of hot fire. Okay. Um, and air and water is bone? 
Yes, and you can think of that because people need water and air to breathe and uh, drink. And sand is fire and water because you can imagine that's kind of how you make mud. Which would be ashes and water. So that's how you kind of think of it. And uh, and so as as the as Mondo Stones continues talking, uh, you can uh, Virgil make me a hangman check, just an int save. Five, five. You very lose, uh, and uh, you can tell that the the word that was trying to be spelled was lame, uh, and the hangman that was being drawn was. Uh, uh, the fire elemental that was up there. Of course. Uh, Mondo Stone says, and with these, uh, we will create a powerful alchemical potion. And uh, reaching into the uh, uh, cauldron, uh, Sunny pulls out five small flasks, which seemed to magically appear out of nothing after uh, the uh, hair and the scales were thrown into the cauldron. They set them on the top of Mondo Stones' head, and Mondo says, And with these reagents and these powers, we will find ourselves a way out of this prison within the fortnight. But enough for the lesson, says Mondo. Thank you all uh, so very much for uh, attending today, and it is with great pleasure that I announce our five newest members of the Artsy Boys. Would the five of you come up and take a stand, address yourself? He gestures first to Avalon. I walk up to the front of the room and say, I'm Avalon. I've been working in the kitchens lately. You've probably all seen me serving food. There's a murmur of general assent from the crowd. Well, I hope to be of help um, however I can. And I sort of stretch and flex a couple of my muscles and then summon a firebolt in my hand before snuffing it out. Ooh, there's general applause from the crowd. They're all like, ooh, very nice. Mondo then turns his head over towards Ishmael uh, and says, and you? Hey, I wave. Hey, I'm Ishmael. Ooh, it's kind of very soft applause. Uh, And then Mondo turns over towards Rowan. Hi, I'm Rowan. Uh, my favorite type of watercolor paint is Winston and Newton, that brand. But- <laughs> oh, yeah, there's some there's some ascent, but there's also some really not ascent. There's some people that seem like this is a pretty divisive opinion. Um, there's a couple of people that are deep into like the fiber castells. Um, <laughs> do they make watercolor paint? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either. I, I totally <laughs> forgot the name of the people who make paint. Anyways... Yeah. Sherman Williams. Well, in this world, uh, Fiber Castell and Winster Newton are the two biggest paint makers in existence. Yeah, and they're it's it's a pretty opinionated the crowd, and so Mondo, in order to prevent another brawl from breaking out, turns over towards uh, Flaxen. All right, um, do we have our like weapons and stuff on it? Um, yeah, you could have your weapons and stuff here. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to do like a flourish with my rapier. And then I want to end with the the tip of the rapier like right at Sonny's nose. And Great. then put it away and bow. Uh, so you make me a performance check to see how well that goes. 21. Whew! The audience is wrapped, uh, and everyone is pretty keen on watching the tip of your rapier. And as you finally end with the flourish towards the tip of Sonny's nose, uh, the uh, the crowd kind of uh, applauds politely, uh, and then one of them raises their hand. Uh, it's a small little boy uh, that's sitting next to a larger boy that looks like certainly like these are father and son. 
in prison there's together. A child yeah. in prison? <laughs> there's this one. Oh. That's one way to wow. deal with. Oh. I would have thought that Miss Midgen's sixth grade class would have had something to say about that. Yeah. You would, but it looks like this Miss child Midgen's is an class. elf, so probably they're over 18, but they're still mm. a child because of how elves age. Huh. Uh, that's an awful loophole. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, yeah, I I look at him expectantly. Uh, okay, he says, Hi, sir. I heard from a friend of a friend that you could make a bomb out of anything. Yes. Yes, I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> that is a fact. Almost anything. Can you make one for us now? Yes. Uh, I look around. Are there anything that I could plausibly craft something that Absolutely. You can see that there are a handful of different alchemical reagents that are all sitting around the cauldron. And you could definitely throw probably two in that you think would make some kind of explosion, but you're going to need to pick two different items uh, to throw into the cauldron. I I would like fire and air because I feel like that's how one makes an explosion. Sure. So I pick fire and air reagents. So the the reagents that you can see, there is a pouch of red scales, there's a pouch of hair, and then there's a pouch of uh, blue and shiny mermaid scales. I think for this, I'll need two volunteers. Uh, (laughs) How about Ishmael and Avalon? Huh? Oh, God. Fine. What? You can make air, right, Ishmael? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and I'd like to see both of you at once fire air and fire into that cauldron. All right. Uh, yeah. I rub my hands together and then like. All right. Nobody blink. I just ready a blast, and as soon as there's the gust going, I throw fire. Yeah, uh, I throw right. it like a frisbee. Very nice. So the two of you, you shoot like uh, a jet of fire into the cauldron and you frisbee a disc of uh, whirling gusty air into the cauldron. Uh, And the two of them spin around in a magnificent, glorious vision of fire and air. And then the two dissipate into nothing and there is no reaction and nothing comes out afterwards. And everyone kind of looks at you. We did it. Yeah. Huh. What the heck? Usually what that the heck was that supposed to do? Evelyn, high five! That was dope. I thought you could make a bomb out of everything. That was <laughs> a bomb. I mean, I just, I just thought air and fire mixing in the cauldron would expand, and fire would shoot out the top like a bomb. Mondo Stones kind of laughs and says, <laughs> "Clearly, you haven't done much alchemy before. You have what? to use alchemical reagents. You're not allowed to just use raw elements themselves. If you set a matchstick and a glass of water into that cauldron, nothing will pop out. You need magical reagents that represent um, the elements. So, you'll for have example, to me. if you wanted to create an explosion, uh, he." Uh, gestures towards the uh the pouch of hair and he says you could use some hair from the head of a sylph uh and then he gestures to the red scales and says and a handful of salamander scales combine the two of them and you'd certainly get some kind of explosive potion that would be what you'd be looking for uh where i'm from there's not a whole lot of magic i gotta say you all must be very powerful magic users well just imagine if i had my body then I could level this entire thing in a blink of an eye. That would be nice, yes. And uh, lastly, let's uh, let's welcome to the front uh, you. He looks to the back where your partner has started up another game of Hangman with you. I uh, look up surprised to be called on. And um, then I stand up from my chair and I walk to the front of the classroom. 
And I say, uh, hello everybody, my name is Virgil Badwater. Uh, I hail from the Archipelago de Flamingo. And, uh, look, I'm, look, I'm not one for longevitizing my words, but I'm real grateful for you all accepting us. And I'm as keen as busting out of here as anyone could be. So, uh, when the, when the shit hits the windmill, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be the first in line to, uh, to put it back together. Oh, my heart. Look, what, what, here, I, here. what I mean to say is, uh... To put the shit back together? Let's, let's get the hell off this island. Woo! Everyone can immediately Ooh. applaud to that after they're all a little quizzical through the speech. Uh, and Mondo even uh, thumps his uh, large eyelids a couple of times in applause. Uh, and then Mondo says, All right, calm yourselves. As, uh, as you all know, this group of five has already completed one dangerous mission for us and earned their trust within the Artsy Boys. As I uh, am not able to divvy, uh, my, to give direct orders to everyone out in the field due to my, well, immobile nature, I would like to appoint uh, a team leader uh, of this new group of five um, who I can d directly appoint to and um, they'll have the, the ability to uh, command the troops on the field as it were and captain the ship that they are, uh, they are to be sailing out of this harbor as soon as we bust our way out of this prison. Now, I, there's normally a bit of a ritual to determine who will be the captain, but my left-hand lieutenant, Tides, mentioned that uh, uh, he had his own opinion of who the five of you would be. Uh, and as he uh, mentions this, he kind of coughs and spits out uh, a chain made of stone. Uh, and he turns over towards uh, Virgil and he says, Virgil? Will you lead this group of five to have and to hold uh, in, in sickness, sickness and, and in health? health. Isn't uh, that a wedding? <laughs> look, I used to be a parson, but that's for a backstory <laughs> that's neither here nor there. And uh, you, uh, will you lead this group of five and help us bust ourselves off this rock and take my orders and listen to your crew and help them however you can? Uh... I do. <laughs> <laughs> and your crew, and he says this to the five of you, will you as links to his chain, and as he does, he spits out uh, four little rocks that look like links to the chain that he just spit out, but they're not part of it. They're just separate. Will you as links to his chain take his commands and vocalize when you've had problems and let let and in sickness and in health and justice and in times of death, etc. Yes, good gravy. Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> if I must. Super Virgil's uncomfortable with this, I, but all right. I accept. Uh, and uh, and he uh, points his eyes towards the chains, uh, to the, towards the links of the chains for the five of you, and towards the the thick stone chain. It's not super thick. It's like probably like two pounds, but it's enough that it's a pretty sizable weight that you'd feel it if you were wearing it around your neck. And he points to that to you, Virgil. Uh, looks heavy. So is the weight of leadership, my good man. Well, if it means we're getting off this island, I guess I'll I'll wear it long as I must. Is that uh, all right? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> uh, please take them. 
Uh, do the four of you, do the five of you take them? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do we do we put these stone chain rings around each other's hands? Like, do we slip them on each other's hands? <laughs> I feel like we all got <laughs> enslaved. Be... Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if I'm quite willing to <laughs> do this immediately. If nothing else, I pick up the thing and hold onto it. Yeah, wait, so what does he want us to do? Put them on? Uh, no, he just wants you to take them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can just take it. I take uh, it. But he does want uh, Virgil to put on the chain. All right. I I don't know what this means, but I guess I guess I'll put it on. Okay. And uh, with that, there's a round of uproarious applause, uh, and everyone kind of uh, uh, steps up from their Did tables. Did we all just get and married? I'm, I'm very <laughs> unclear on what just happened. Yeah, we're uh, out of character, basically, Mondo Stones was just making you like a one of the five task forces in his gang, and Virgil is the leader of it. Okay, okay. So the uh, everyone has gotten up from their tables, and they're all milling around, uh, and everyone's kind of introducing themselves to you, and in order... Uh, every single member of the gang individually introduces themselves to all of you over snacks that it seems like someone has requisitioned from some storeroom somewhere. And individually, all of the people that talk to you are, of course, Mondo Stones, Sonny, Jeremy Don't, his son, Jeremy II, Blueberry, Watchdog Zacky, Mikey Moneybags, Five-Eyed Fido, Champ the Champ, Quasi, Punchy Bunchy, Ghost Arsonist, Cinnamon Beat the Centaur Kid, TB the Teacher, Jones, Scan Scandalous sine wave, Porsche control, and whoa, Nelly. And all what? I want a name cinema- like this. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding? <laughs> what? Yeah. So these are this is the group group, and they're all pretty stoked to have you with them. Is Our name all of sucked, the artsy guys. boys. Is he really a centaur? That's all of the artsy boys. Yes. Yeah. Wait. Cinnamon beat is a centaur kid. I'm talking Wait, to the him. sine wave person is not in the math group. Scandalous sine wave. That's why he's scandalous. Uh <laughs> He's a spy inside the algebrats. Also, what does he what does he look like? Does he just look like a sine wave floating in the air? No, he just does a lot of arm motions that make him look wavy. Oh shit. <laughs> but he's like a dwarf. You're talking to the centaur kid? Yeah. Virgil? Okay, yeah. He's pretty stoked to talk to you. I gotta ask, uh do you, since you got like two Torsos. Is one, are there two hearts in there? <laughs> you want to know a secret, friend? Uh-oh. Oh. Do I ever? I ain't got a heart at all. <gasps> oh, oh, damn. You dog. <laughs> Stone He's cold. not a dog, he's a centaur. <laughs> you horse. You. Yeah, he's only half dog. Half dog. The human half of me is dog, and the other half is... As horse as it gets. <laughs> That's why they call me Cinnamon Beat the Centaur Kid. Half cinnamon, half beat, all <laughs> centaur kid. All of me is beat because I feel it all the time. Oh, shit. What a cool kid. <laughs> I feel like the half centaur cinnamon, kid's a good beat, fantasy. Half beat. <laughs> all centaur. My my insides are, are, are beats because that's all I eat. Mm, yum. <laughs> I guess. You got very specific bonuses for meaning only beats. So see if you can get that achievement in this sweat game. Red. And very specific like <laughs> vitamin deficiencies. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> very specific death and lack of protein. So uh, so while we're doing your meet and greet, uh I'm gonna inquire 
to Mondo about the state of the fertilizer magic bomb shit. And I assume... Uh, sweet. Yeah. Like so how, just go up... We can do that. Let's do this scene. So you go up to Mondo Stones and how do you how do you ask him? Yeah. So you were talking about how you needed a fortnight to get all these uh, magical reagents working and to blow this joint sky high. Uh, how's the fertilizer situation going on? Fertilizer is going very well. That'll be our catalyst. There's a couple of big doors that lock down all the ships. Uh, we're hoping to blow them up. Um then, uh, and that way we can steal one of the fast guard ships that'll get us out of here. One of the old ships, the ships with names, the ships with souls. What do you plan to do about the magical barrier that surrounds the prison? We've got people on it. He nods over towards uh, TB, the teacher, Jones, who's the wizard with all of the pins and buttons and uh, seems to be the only other like magical person here. And uh, he says, TB's been working on a couple of plans, but he's needed some more reagents. So now that we've got the cauldron, we should be ready, set and go for disabling some of those uh those issues. However, that does not handle all of them. The big issue is what we needed uh, tides for. And with tides in lockdown, we are one water elemental short of our escape plan. So we're going to need to uh, find a way to bust him out of his void cell, which I have no idea how to do. I mean, didn't you say you could make him in that cauldron? <laughs> creating creating elementals you'd need to be a powerful elemental to summon an elemental no or sorry you need to be a powerful elementalist to summon an elemental i'm not an elementalist i'm an elemental different the one has an ist uh we don't got any elementalists here those are rare and hard to find and you'd need a strong magical like binding thing as well as a pair of manacles and there's a list but uh <laughs> I think uh, I think that we'll need to find or rescue some water elemental here. And so that's what Sonny and I are hatching after this. You'll have your own assignments to tackle. Don't worry yourself about elementals. We'll figure out a way to get tides out of there. Otherwise, well, we'll find a way to get tides out of there. Not to, not to stomp on tides or anything. And, you know, as well, you know, I, I want him out of those voices as much as you do. But say... If I knew an easier way to get ourselves in a water elemental, how powerful would they need to be? Mondo Stones turns over towards the two of you and says, go on. My uh, water elemental familiar from back in the Navy, it's uh, locked up somewhere in the prison. If you know where they are locked up, it'd certainly be easier than trying to break someone out of a void cell. You're not wrong, and there's a chance we could just blow the void cell prison doors open while we're making our escape as a distraction, and maybe tides can get out that way. Wouldn't need tides to help us bust through to the defenses. I like that idea a lot. Let me reach out to some contacts and see where that elemental of yours might be. What's its name, and what does it look like? Oh, shit, I didn't come up with a name. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't named your familiar? I haven't named it. I, I was going to do it last week, and I forgot about it. Its name Aww. is. Uh, I like tides. that that's in character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is in character. I was gonna name it last week. <laughs> it was. <laughs> you should name it last week. I should. Its name is last week. Last week, I love it. Yes, amazing. <laughs> last week, ah, and what does it look like? When what forms does it normally take? It's a cormorant. You know, cormorant. a large water bird that dives deep. Sure. Rare to find a, a a flying water elemental. That's very valuable. That might make a couple of the barriers a little easier to pass. 
I like that idea a lot. Say, he he says to, to the two of you, maybe... Uh, once all the rest of them have uh, buggered off of here, you you grab your your posse and come uh, come get Virgil and and talk to me. I think I might know what your next task is. It might be a way we can find last week, this week. Oh shit! <laughs> when you say you two, are you referring to the band Rowan and I? Yes, because you were in part of that conversation. Correct. Mm-hmm. I want to walk over to the cauldron and awesome just like look at it um i want to examine the runes on it like I, I i think i've i'm somewhat familiar with alchemical cauldrons from school but i think i dropped out before i learned much about them because it uh it was it sounded extremely not fun to me yeah. i think so i want to walk over to this thing and just kind of examine it and learn what i can about it awesome arcana check 13 13. Uh, it seems like, so there's a couple of things you can immediately tell. One, uh, a lot of the runes on this cauldron seem to speak towards uh, bone magic. It seems like this is a, a cauldron that's probably specifically tuned to work really well with making bone magic. You could do other stuff with it, but uh, your your primary use is going to be uh, making bone potions or bone, bone elemental stuff with it. Um, the second thing that you can see is that uh, it's... A very nicely made cauldron. Whoever made this, it was made by someone that was probably older and more powerful than the warden's daughter. Um, uh, the last thing you can see is that it's it's it looks like it's incredibly durable. Um, this thing could probably be hit by a boat and it wouldn't break. Um, there's there's magic that keeps this thing from you know all the normal stuff, rust, corrosion, um, being blown up by a star elemental, all that kind of stuff. I uh, I walk up next to Ishmael and say, you ever used one of these before? Never used one. I've seen one in use quite a bit. Well, I've never even seen one. They're real powerful things, if you know how to use them. It's just the problem is, knowing how to use them is a lot I of math. I, I walk up. Oh, we don't have anything like this where I'm from. I've used one before. You've used one before? My family had a few. Really? Yes. Were they bone elementalists? No. Fire. Ah, I see. Hence so the... we didn't do a lot of we didn't do a lot of combinations, mostly just ways to power up fire. What's up with you and fire anyway? That's just what my family does. We, you just we make always fire? Have... Well, we have help. There's a phoenix. Is it... What, is it like some kind of house patron? A prisoner, depending on how you look at it. Huh. I... I've never really understood families that are just all about one element. Uh, the Overcasts were all about several different things. Air and water and stars and various things. But we have to use fire occasionally, and I've never really understood it. Fire is power and danger. Chaos? Well, that's one way to put it. Put it. It'll huh. destroy everything if you let it. Now, see, that is a little fascinating, because how would you do controlled magic math with something so chaotic? Very, 
very carefully. Huh. And by losing some eyebrows. <laughs> well, if we ever need to use one of these, I don't know how. So it's and gotta be all you. I was very good at it. I was much better at hitting things. <laughs> but I'm sure we can figure something out together. Ideally, I'd like to just avoid this kind of thing altogether. I think there's gotta be more than just Perhaps. cauldrons and reagents. And then I walk away in thought. As you do, make me a charisma save. Okay. Ten. As you do, the storm glass around your neck heats a little. Ooh. That seems unusual. I reach up to touch it. Well, I don't touch it because that might upset it, but I, I reach up to look at it. As you look at it, you can see that uh, inside uh, there is a very curious... So what all is inside your storm glass? It's a glass vial that has water inside and magic reagents that, uh, based on the, the forecast, the current weather, the barometric pressure, uh, they change to various crystal shapes inside. It's it's like different chemicals in there that will just make crystal-y shapes. So the it can be all fogged up, or it can be like uh, crystals in threads, or it can be uh, very clear. Uh, it's kind of like a simulation of the weather itself. Awesome. You can see in your crystal the unmistakable, the unmistakable vision of a slow rolling bank of fog progressing from one side of your crystal, rolling to the other, then looping around, rolling back. It's never looked like this before. Never so clear, and certainly never so eternal. I get the feeling that this is incredibly unheard of, but can I make an arcana check just in case? Oh, yeah, 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 you can. 22. 22. As you uh, as you investigate it... um. You have the feeling that uh, you can you could probably touch it without disrupting it. Okay. Uh, do you touch it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you think that as you touch it, you kind of like roll it over in your hands, looking at the various uh, like crystalline shapes that go from one side to the other. For an instant, your vision totally vanishes. In its place, uh, you can see a woman, kind of a an older woman, kind of portly. Uh, who is currently holding uh, what looks like a styrofoam container that smells delicious. And she is floating through the air, through a, a ton of fog, to the outside of the prison, where Crash landed on this the, the side of the triangle. You can see a weather balloon. And this woman kind of uh, uh, descends down. She's flying through the air. She descends down to the weather balloon. Uh, and she looks around the weather balloon for a second, and then she sees a dead man a dead weather mage inside the weather balloon. And she walks over towards him uh, and she like stoops down and pokes him for a second. And then you can see she's like, ah, yep, he's well and dead. And uh, you see her kind of like knock on his skull a couple of times and floating out of her body, or floating out of his body, you see a ghost. Um, the ghost of the man kind of looking around dazed and confused. Uh, but the first thing he does say is, my, my, my plants. Where are my plants? And uh, the woman says, don't worry about that now. Don't worry about that. Uh, you're all dead. You can't do nothing here. 
As she looks into his eyes, it looks like she sees a reflection in them, and she turns around and looks at you, or at least where your vision is. And she says, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't be seeing this. Uh, And she kind of waves her hand, and uh, as she does, the vision in front of you vanishes, and uh, you are left standing there in the middle of the watercolor classroom. I take a step back in shock and catch myself on a, a nearby watercolor table, and I do some heavy breathing, but I don't catch the attention of anyone else. All right. It is at this point that uh, Mondo has sent uh, Rowan to go pick up the five of you. Okay, so as I walk over, I don't actually notice you breathing heavily. I mean, you can. I just meant that I don't want to make any noise and gather any attention, but you can see me just fine. Okay, gotcha. So I, yeah, I start grabbing people and uh, I notice you're kind of supporting yourself a little bit on the table. Um, hey, Ishmael, uh, Mondo wants to talk to us. Are you okay? Yeah, Ishmael, breathe much? <laughs> what? <laughs> Lord. <laughs> I just gonna like look around what? and like look at you and I'm like, oh, anyways, Mondo wants to see us. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, I get up. <laughs> I shake it off. Uh, okay, uh, as Mondo uh, sees the five of you approach, he says, this uh, may be one of the most difficult jobs that I give. However, the fortunate thing is, the five of you will never be caught doing it. Um, he gestures to the five potions that he made uh, from combining the... Uh, uh, elements earlier. Um, He says, if you quaff those potions, you will immediately, well, they're all five bone potions. Um, And if you want to remember this, it just takes a, to to, to make one of these potions, just takes a salamander scale and a a thread of a silky's hair. Uh, Not a silky, a sylph. That's what I'm talking about. Thread of a sylph's hair and a salamander scale. Chuck them in the potion, uh, set it over a warm 160 degree heat uh, and uh, and let it stew for a minute. And you'll make these suckers uh, make you look just like a bone elemental. Uh, all the flesh will be turned 100% invisible on you. Um, totally oh undetectable. <laughs> so you'll just That's look creepy. like your bones. Uh, so, uh, nobody will have any, uh, suspicion on you, uh, as you're going around trying to find this cormorant. You don't uh, think they'll recognize my chiseled jaw? I <laughs> think that would be most unlikely. <laughs> if you say so. I don't have a skeleton, so I can't say, but I don't think I could recognize you from just your bones. Alrighty. And, uh, and Mondo Stone says, well, uh, if you need any assistance on these, I'm s- sure Sonny will be able to help you. Uh, however, on this one, uh, I'm going to leave this one up to you how to tackle. I would say that you're, you're not going to want to fail. So I'd say you're probably going to need to investigate this prison under the guise of being a skeletal elemental uh, five times successfully before, uh, before failing uh, five times to investigate this prison. 
This is, Mondo Stones turns towards the camera, a skill challenge. Jesus. (laughs) What's the DC? Uh, So basically for these, since I don't think we've done one in character yet, um, in order to take montage scenes and make them into a challenge, uh, everyone will pitch skills that they have proficiency in or skills that I determine at the start of the session are, or at the start of the skill challenge are going to be uh, usable. And you're going to pitch how you use them, in this case, to investigate the prison for the location of the water cormorant. Uh, And uh, that water cormorant named Last Week. Last Week. That's so good. That's the best one. And uh, and so uh, uh, you're going to be able to use any of the skills that you want to hunt through the prison. On top of that, my little twist is that I will allow you to make the skill challenge more difficult for yourself um, with the added benefit that you can gain additional uh, uh, information, gain additional resources, and maybe even some sweet loot and or money as you are hunting through this thing. So to start, you are going to need to succeed five times before failing five times, and the average difficulty of this challenge will be a DC of 10. If you want to make it more difficult, you can add one more success needed, remove one uh, penalty allowed, uh, and increase the difficulty class by two. I think we should do that. Uh, yeah, let's so you can also do it 12, 5 bef- or 6 before. Th- you can four? do it multiple times five. if you want really good rewards, but those get very risky. I don't know about 7 versus 3. Um Yeah, let's just do 6 before 4, DC 12. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, sweet. So is is Mondo like holding out potions for us to take at the beginning of this montage? Yes. Okay. Uh, or or has it on top of his head. Right. <laughs> Or put yeah, some on his tongue, maybe, and he sticks can't it out really for you. Things out, yeah. Um, I wordlessly down that potion fast. Nice, because something feels off. Mm, for sure. I too. Oh, well, quaff. I'm gonna watch and see what happens to you. Nice. It's kind of terrifying. Like you see all of uh, uh, Ishmael's flesh slowly going transparent, uh, as well as clothes and stuff. It's kind of patchy so it does look like someone is like with a watercolor brush just kind of like painting over you sections of your skin and it's slowly vanishing once it's totally gone you look like a just a rego skeleton um but in the interim you do see chunks of muscle and bone and arteries and organs that aren't the most pretty do i have clothes on still your clothes also go invisible okay how long does this take the process oh a couple minutes Couple minutes. Oh, okay. Then I also quaff my potion now. Cool. Yeah. As do I. I. Very apprehensively drink mine after everybody else has. Um, Rowan, do do you want to start us off with the skill challenge because it's your cormorant? Yeah, sure. Um, the two skills you can use, even if you're not proficient, will be uh a history check since you know and have wandered around this prison a lot as well as an investigation check so you can talk to the other gangs or other people or guards or stuff or anything else you're proficient in oh sure i'm proficient on persuasion and yeah deception for sure yeah so yeah just kind of pitch me a scene where you would be using that to find your cormorant okay sure so i make my rounds around the prison and i bump into grappa skeleton uh, I, I pretend that I lost my way and then I was assigned to check in on the non-humanoid prisoners. Um, and I pretend that I lost my way and I don't know where that is. So I ask Grappa Skeleton where the cormorant may, may possibly be held. And I 
make a deception check, I guess. Awesome. Is that cool? Make yeah. that roll. Yeah, Gramps uh, turns over to where you and says, oh, another bone one. Oh, boy. Nine. Nine. Okay, that's one failure. Um, with, uh, and that's a DC 12. Uh, with your nine, uh, you uh, uh, try to wheedle some information out of Gramps, and Gramps kind of looks over towards you with a discerning eye and says, another bone one. I feel like I've seen something like you before. I feel like you best be walking along before my granddaughter comes in six, five, four, three, two, one. And as he says it, you can see the warden's daughter walking around the edge of the uh, hallway, uh, and she looks furious. Oh, shit. Well, at least she can't tear Um, the skeletons out of us, right? Skeleton friends? (laughs) No, she can't. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I pretend that I'm still on my rounds, I guess, and continue on my way serotypously. All right. Yeah, you walk away, but no more information. And you can see that the warden's daughter, uh, as she walks past you, uh, shouts, Hey! Gramps, we're doubling security. Full lockdown. All prisoners are having food inside their rooms. The only time they're allowed out is for classes, and that's it. Someone's been doing something funny. I found all the skeletons on my ship knocked out. Or one of them. The big one. Not even knocked out. It was like knocked to pieces. (laughs) That was my favorite one. Uh, All right. That's one fail. Who's up next? Um, I'll go. Um, I will do history. As part of my job in the kitchens and serving things, I've had to move food around in the prison, which means I've been to a lot of different parts of it. So I can, if nothing else, rule out sections of the prison to, uh, that we, like, really don't need to try and, and, and go to. Like, I can remember, try and remember places where there was higher security, which probably means there's something to guard. For um, sure. So I'm gonna history it up. That's a 20, non-natural. 20. You are quite sure after your, you can have a couple conversations in the kitchens with some of the other staff and kind of learn the ways uh, of how the uh, the prison is being guarded. And it's on pretty far, full lockdown, but you can tell that there are some places that have high security and none of those are going to be on any of the first through third floors. So not the women's prison, not the men's prison, not the opt-in prison uh, or classrooms. It's somewhere else. Uh, that's success. Are other parts of the prison I'm gonna relay known to that us? Information to like, are there like awesome. towers or what? Yeah. So the the prison uh, has four floors to the main prison, which would be the first through third that I just said, and then the fourth is the the cap the the warden's quarters, uh, the guard rooms, and uh, the it's the smallest of the floors. That's all I wrote. Uh, then above that is the bed and breakfast uh, that has. Uh, eight more floors to it um then there's the the there's like the dockyard that has all of the guard ships that's at the end of the first floor um and then there's the the warden's daughter's ship which is moored off the the edge of the prison we can probably rule out the docks and the and the warden's daughter's ship just because we've been there already and we didn't you have not find... been to the docks before so... you've only been to the warden's daughter's ship ah okay. Uh, okay you you went to the the smaller docks in the middle which take you out to the warden's daughter's ship. You did not go to the the dockyard where all of the guard ships are located. Okay. Or the 
other dockyards. There's three dockyards. There's the one in the middle that's like where the warden's daughter's ship is. There's the one off to the left wing, which would be the dockyard for the guard ships, etc. And there's one to the right wing, which is the entrance for all the B&B guests. Can you access the um, the dockyards from that main dock, that other dock we were at? Yeah, like, you could walk around the the outside. I'm going to try to do some kind of athletics check. Love it. And I'm going to slip into the water in a indiscreet, in a very discreet spot. <laughs> okay. And then I'm going to swim to the docks. And then I'm just going to hang out like underneath the docks to try and eavesdrop. For like an afternoon or a couple mm. afternoons even. I just want to get intel from like people on their beats or like prison workers or whatever, you know. So uh, I'm just going to see how long I can hang out without, you know, shivering to death or, you know, cramping up. Excellent. Athletics me. 20. 20. Not natural. Very nice. You hide out under the docks and are able to hear that uh, someone has been locking down some of the floors of the bed and breakfast. Uh, and uh, uh, the hotel floor, the 10th hotel floor, is in complete lockdown, which is very strange since that knocks off a quarter of the number of guests that could be attending the uh, uh, the hotel. Though apparently you hear that hotel floor four is not only hotel rooms. There's also some activities and group spaces up there um, just underneath the glass dome on the sky deck and terrace four and 11. Cool. I swim back out. Great. Next uh, person. Let's do successes. Uh, I would just like to kind of wander around and have conversations with people and sort of try to lead them into telling me where you would keep elementals in the prison. For sure. Elementals who are causing trouble, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to make that a persuasion. Sure. Oh, it's a nat 20. Not twenty. That's that's two successes. You you uh, have a conversation with a weasel faced guard uh, and a taller guard next to him. Is that just like a description, or is that like an anthropomorphism? No, he's like just, he's or just or he's got a face that's very weaselly. He doesn't actually have a weasel oh, okay. for a face, or be, the face of a weasel. Oh, that would for be weird. Yeah, but having a weasel head would be. Kind of cool. Neither is true. He uh he he points you to saying that he he says that it would need to be some place of intense magical power, um, of which there aren't many, um, but all of them that are are probably up in the bed and breakfast uh, in one of the historical archives or libraries that guests can visit. That's four successes. Who's up next? All right, I'm going to the bed and breakfast. Amazing. I'm not sure how I'm going to use a skill there. Um. If if we're all able to stay on the same page with the information we have, yes. I'm going to go up to the bed and breakfast and use Arcana to find this center of magic. It's not a detect magic spell, so I don't know if I can do that. Oh, man. There are probably Insight, magical maybe? people up in the bed and breakfast you could talk to and use Arcana and your knowledge of magic to persuade them to okay. give you information on it. Yes, I'll do that. So I go up to the bed and breakfast acting Great. like an employee or something, making conversation with arcane looking people and dropping hints uh, for sure. looking for the location. Arcana check is a 14. That's a success. So as you go up to the, the bed and breakfast, you are at the uh, the overlook, which sits at the very edge over the starry void where people are out hanging. You can see that there is a heavy fog over the stars these days. So people aren't out by the pool. Um, they're all hanging out on the near deck. There's heavy fog um, over the stars these days? Yeah. Um, huh. 
So you see three different arcane looking people. There are a pair of uh, what look like just birds that are made of stars that are hanging out. It looks like the two of them are on a romantic date out here to the uh, uh, bed and breakfast. There is a lawyer. And then you see a third person that would be your sister. And she, as you see her, she's sitting by herself at a table drinking uh, a Bloody Mary. And she is... uh, looks pretty morose. Um, she's kind of solitary. You know that your sister wa- had like a, a husband for a while uh, and he is not here with her. I I approach her. Do I think I'm reasonably well disguised? Like Absolutely. A yes. Okay. Yeah, and in fact, just for so you guys know, um, they uh, have had uh, TB, the teacher, Tones has been uh, uh, casting illusions of yourselves and yourselves while you've been out um, hanging out. So uh, he's been uh, casting we, that while Cinnamon Beat, the centaur kid, uh, plays lookout for him. Do we ever walk by and see our illusion selves? I want to know what I'm doing. Oh, it's a little embarrassing. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you you approach your sister. You can see that she uh, is sitting by herself, staring into the ever-enduring fog, drinking her Bloody Mary, and her side ponytail is sitting over her face, half-shrouding her head. So when I approach her, uh, I, I, I start by talking about the fog, even though we're looking for a water cormorant, but that's more pressing in my brain right now. So I approach her and I nod at her. And then I nod towards the fog, and I say, that looks ominous, doesn't it? It certainly reflects how I'm feeling right now. I'm sorry to hear that. Can I get you another drink, ma'am? Yes, that would be nice, she says to you. And you can see that she definitely shouldn't have another drink. Uh, there's a. I definitely the, don't get her another drink. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> But uh, uh, she turns over towards you, a little confused by your bone nature, and says, I don't feel like I've seen bone people being waitstaff before. Usually you're just the guards of that, the the person who runs this place, the little girl. Yeah, I got a raise recently in level of job. I got a hired, hired. Promotion. That's the word. <laughs> you got hired, hired. <laughs> Do they normally promote people from security guard to wait staff? I feel like those would be separate tracks. They do if that's the upward movement that you want in this company. You know, you got to talk to your boss about where you want to be in 10 years. And I want to be a waiter. So here, look, should you be here? It doesn't seem safe. I look out towards that fog again. Well, I certainly don't want to go back home, if that's what you're implying. What happened at home? You can talk to me. I'm a third party. <laughs> Look, you you seem like you're already dead. Uh, probably in one ear and out the other. Uh, yeah, my... <laughs> I... She, You can see tears welling up in her eyes, and she says, I caught my partner cheating on me. Oh. We were together for 10 long years, and I didn't know what to say. He didn't know that I knew. So I left, saying I was coming to visit a friend out here. But I don't want to go back. 
Maybe the fog will just roll me over. Roll us all over. You don't have to go back. You know, you can go wherever you want. You can do whatever you want. That that version of yourself that was in this bad place, she's gone now, and you can do anything. But you can't... I don't think you should stay here. I don't think this is a place where anything can happen. I think this is a dead end. Well, I don't want to ruin your dream. It clearly seems like you are having a lot of upward mobility here into the job of your dreams, she says, fishing around her neck and pulling out what can only be a storm glass. And in it, you see reflected the same eternal fog rolling back and forth in her glass. And she says, but if you want any more upward mobility in your life from now until the end of time, you might want to leave as well. Because I think that that fog is a lot more dangerous than anyone else here, including that warden's daughter. I I sit down at the table and get way too friendly and uh, I put a hand, my, my bony hand on her shoulder and I look her in the eyes and I say, if I get out of here, will you get out of here? Make me a persuasion check. Okay. You look her in the eyes, but she just sees your eye sockets. <laughs> she sure does. It's 18. <laughs> 18. She looks up and smiles softly and says, Oh, I think it's best time that I leave too. No, you're right. You're right. I've got a job to do anyway. Say, you wouldn't... She just kind of looks at you funny, and she says, like, I'm on the look for something, and I was wondering if you might be able to help me. Absolutely. Well, I don't... I don't know if you've heard. It's kind of big news where I came from. But my dirtbag of a brother stole a storm glass a powerful magical artifact that has far more powers than he has any idea. And if it fell into the wrong hands, it could undo a lot of things. Any chance you know where he ended up? Because I I... am going to try and pound him into next week. I I heard that they keep... last week. I heard they keep big artifacts like that where they tend to keep elementals. But they don't let me in on that information. Do you, <laughs> do you have any idea where they keep elementals here in the bed and breakfast that I only recently got promoted to? Well, funny that you should ask because I was looking there. Tenth floor, Museum of Magical Artifacts and Antiquities. They've locked it down recently, though. I think, and don't quote me on this, I think that's where the warden's daughter has been keeping all of the locked up elementals that she's been gathering. Because she, and do not tell anyone this, I swear, I swear do not tell anyone this. But I think the warden's daughter is not able to make her way into the warden's office. In fact, I'm not 100% sure that the warden even sent his daughter to come take over this prison. The warden just vanished one day, a couple weeks ago, with no notice. I think his daughter, trying to get her way back into his good graces, thought that she could set the prison right. But she's not been able to get into his magical offices, so she's been stuck on her boat this entire time and is now locking up elementals in the, what is it, the 10th floor, just underneath this one. Oh, that is some hot goss. Yeah, that... That sounds like the water cooler talks that I've heard floating around in the staff. I think you're onto something. How about how about this? 
We make this promise. I go check the 10th floor for your missing glass and I hook you up with your brother. You beat him into next week and then we both get out of here before that fog hits us. I hold out my bony hand to shake. She reaches out, looks at you for a second with an eye that you've seen before. It is a very (laughs) piercing gaze from her, her incredibly bright green eyes. And then she grabs your hand and says... All right, my bony friend. What's your name, by the way? Bonagus. <laughs> Bonestifer. Bonagus. Very well, Bonagus. Let this be the start of a good friendship, she says. And you know what? I think I will Bonagus. get myself another Bloody Mary. I'll be right back with that Bloody Mary, and then I get out of there. <laughs> and you do. Uh, and that's a success, and you guys absolutely succeed on that skill challenge. Very well done. Yay. Name. Uh, all right. Yeah. And with that, the, uh, the five of you uh, succeed the challenge and you succeeded at making it more difficult. Um, and uh, uh, as you uh, head away from the uh, docks, Virgil Badwater, at, on the ground around the docks, you can see that it is just sparkling um, with gold, silver, and copper coins because it's a common thing that people chuck money off the top of the bed and breakfast into the water. Um, and uh, it's a pretty sizable amount of cash. Looks like there's 1d20 gold pieces, 1d20 silver pieces, and 1d20 copper pieces all in this thing. How, How many, many electro? electro? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Yay! <laughs> <laughs>